So wait, what makes jerky a smoked meat versus jerky dried. not? Jerky is dried too, right? But, yeah, but can't you, you could smoke cure it too, right? Yeah, you can smoke it, you can Bop bake it, it and you can <laughs> all of those. You can also like basically like depressurize it or whatever. I watched oh, yeah. a I watched a Good yeah, yeah. Eats episode where Alden Brown showed me how to make my own jerky. Really? Oh. Yeah, Did you ever like, actually make your own jerky? No, because it mean I needed to buy a box fan and air conditioning filters. Did they ever do one on how to make dried fruit? Maybe. Oh, okay. I'll have to look into that because I really like dried fruit. We're recording, by the way. Because um, you are dried fruit, dude. That's fine. I have an unbelievable love for smoked meats and i am not ashamed of it all right well welcome back everybody to the tommy slider podcast we're here for our week five predictions with me as always andrew who loves his smoked smoked meats artem who is a aggie which means farmer or something and tommy who's probably in a hurry and is like looking really frustratedly at the clock right now i don't know all right so this this week we got some exciting games lined up, and Tommy, since I've constantly been complaining about how bad I am at gambling, has decided to kind of enlighten us with some procedurals on how to go about betting uh, for sports betting. So I want to I want to start us off with West Virginia Texas Tech. I think that's going to be a high scoring game. I think it'll be a good game defining where West Virginia stands in the Big 12 and in the playoff race in general. And with all that said, Tommy, why don't you get us into it? Uh, tell us about the gambling process on this one. Yeah, so um, I want to talk through a couple different you know, statistics, predictors, and uh, ways you can bet on each game. Uh, I thought it'd be kind of fun to go that way. And I'm going to try to pick a different statistic for each. Uh, we've got more picks than the five different ways that I'm looking at, so I'll do each one twice. Uh, so for West Virginia, the first thing I want to talk about is your S&P Plus. This rating you can find, I think Football Outsiders has the best summary of it uh, that you can look at each week. It's basically a week-by-week ranking of a couple different statistics kind of meld together. If you're familiar with baseball, it's very similar to like OPS where they're taking two different calculated statistics and adding them together. Basically, it's a raw score of predicted how they're going to do against each other. So West Virginia is sitting at a 20.3. Texas Tech is sitting at a 9.9, which means West Virginia is heavily favored in this standpoint. The next thing is probably the easiest statistic. If you get on ESPN, they have a power ranking where they literally give a percent chance of a team winning. Texas Tech actually has a 61% chance of winning this game, which kind of blew my mind. Then the three different ways you can kind of bet on a game are the money line. Uh, the money line is basically saying you're going to pick who's going to win the game and your payout is determined based off who's favored. So West Virginia right now is sitting at a minus 170. That means that if you were to bet $170, you would win $100 to win. Uh, if West Virginia won. The other interesting thing is that money lines actually change over time. So 
West Virginia actually opened at a minus 183, which means they were more heavily favored, and now they're at 170. So a lot of people are actually betting against West Virginia because the payout's getting basically higher for them. So Texas Tech uh, in the, the popular sports betting world has actually been on the up and up this week. The next is the spread. Uh, this is basically, hey, we think this team is going to win by X number of points, or basically if you subtracted X number of points from one team, it should be a 50-50 coin flip. So West Virginia actually opened as a six-point favorite. It's now down to a three-and-a-half point. And then the final betting, uh, don't care who wins. It's just the total number of points. You guess whether it's over or under a number. Started at 77. It's down to 75 now. So what does all this tell us? Well, I'm going to just focus on one thing right now, S&P Plus. West Virginia is heavily favored, 20.3 to 9.9. So going to go with the Mountaineers on this one. All right, that's a lot of information to take in. I, I'm looking forward to hearing this kind of going down the line, going, getting the walkthrough, especially the ESPN prediction, because, Andrew, I'm going to let you go next, and you have often been confused by the percentage guidelines on the ESPN procedure. It's more of I'm really confused when the percentages don't agree with the spread. So obviously they're getting their values from somewhere different than I guess like where the West like the West Virginia game is a perfect example. Texas Tech has a sixty one point four percent chance to win the game per FPI, but West Virginia is a three and a half point favorite. Which obviously means they're getting their statistics from somewhere else when they're doing the FPI calculation than from when they're doing the spread. But uh, I guess we'll let Tommy kind of talk about it, talk about that a little later. But for now, who do you got in this matchup? I think it's West Virginia. I think they're better defensively. I think it's going to be a somewhat high-scoring game. The over-under is 74.5. So, obviously, everyone expects it to be pretty high-scoring. But I think West Virginia's got a solid enough defense to make a couple of stops to really kind of force either Texas Tech into trying to do some stuff they don't want to or just get the ball back to Will Greer and let him do what Will Greer does. Fair enough. Now, Artem, I'm going to give you the last pick. Uh, everybody's picking West Virginia so far, but I think a lot of people are forgetting that Texas Tech just pulled an upset on Oklahoma State. So we've seen weirder things, and West Virginia is going on the road, which is a hard trip for them. Who do you have in this matchup? I got West Virginia in this one, too. They're more of a proven team. I think uh, not a lot can be said about the Oklahoma State-Texas Tech game. Oklahoma State was a little bit overrated, but they have a new top wide receiver and a new quarterback back there so uh, i think that was a huge part of it but will greer i think is gonna kind of set the tone for the rest of the season in this one he's a heisman front runner right now and teams are throwing for an average of 284 yards on tech already so i think west virginia has a little bit of a better defense as well but i got west virginia in this one okay Next up, I think this is going to be our messy matchup of the week. We've got an FSU team which has no O-line and has really stuttered out of the gate against a Louisville team, which I guess to say the least is not what they were last year and really are struggling to find an identity at this exact moment. Tommy, I'm going to turn it over to you. What are we looking at betting-wise? 
Yeah, so interesting thing when we're looking at FSU Louisville is if you look at the S&P Plus ratings, you can actually go negative, and Louisville managed to do that. So FSU sitting at a 1.6, Louisville at a minus 5.5 right now. Now, another thing to kind of keep in mind here is that anything that's within about seven points here historically is a pretty close matchup, or the statistics aren't necessarily conclusive. Uh, So kind of keep that in mind. That's why it's always good to pull in multiple different predictors and statistics, as well as just reading blocks and random people's opinions are sometimes just as good. Uh, Florida State's got a 55%. Uh, chance of winning in the FBI ESPN's rating. The money line has FSU at minus 250 right now, so a pretty heavy favorite there. Uh, the spread sitting at six points to FSU, and the totals running at around 47 at the over/under. Uh, so really interesting that ESPN actually has this pretty close to a toss-up at 55%. That's really close for them. They like to have a lot of extremes, like you'll see uh, in a couple picks here. But Vegas has FSU at a pretty heavy favorite on the money line with sitting at minus 250. That's a pretty big bet uh, to risk if you're going the other way. Six-point spread little more than or a little less than a touchdown uh, is almost a toss-up but I think Florida State wins this I think that's where everything's going and based off the way the bets are going the people in the betting world are thinking Florida State's going to be there so that's my pick all right next up Artem uh, you've actually been beating down on Florida State all year you've been really excited to see them lose every opportunity you get uh, is this a matchup, though, where you're going to have to take Florida State? Yeah, I think so. I think they have a better defense than Louisville in this one. Neither offense has proven what they can do. So I think the defense of Florida State and their special teams are going to be the difference maker in this one. All right. Andrew, who do you got? So I actually thought Louisville was going to be better than they have been this season. They're They're really not good. Like, really not good. I think Florida State's going to win this one because I don't really know what to make of Louisville. They're going to don't have a quarterback him decided between Juwan Pass and Malik Cunningham. They keep kind of cycling them back and forth. They almost lost to Western Kentucky. They got beat pretty handily by a Virginia team that we really don't know anything about yet. So I, I, just my gut says Florida State because Florida State should be the better team, but Florida State's offensive line is also five traffic cones. So, uh, you know, I just got to pick Florida State because I have to pick somebody. All right, fair enough. In my case, I'm taking Louisville. I'll be the sole dissenter. I have seen nothing that gives me confidence in Florida State. Whereas with Louisville, they've lost a couple of games, but those games have been against mostly good teams. Yes, there was the Western Kentucky situation. But they did still win it, and winning is what matters. So are you officially considering Virginia a good team? Actually, yes. I think they're at least a decent team. They're possibly on par with Duke right now. We'll see what happens. But anyway, I'm taking Louisville in this matchup. All right, next up, UF at Mississippi State. So Mississippi State going back home after a tough loss at Kroger Field. 
UF uh, just, just manhandled Tennessee <laughs> last week. So two teams on the opposite direction uh, looking to change or maintain their momentum depending on who you are. I'm going to take Mississippi State because I have they've been my dark horse all the way. But with that in mind, Tommy, I'm going to turn it over to you. What's their betting statistics? Uh, so interesting story about Dan Mullen going back is uh, Mississippi State fans actually made pins of Nick Fitzgerald flipping off Dan Mullen and are dispersing them. So look for those on the, the game uh, on the live TV feed. Should be fun to watch. As far as our statistics go, S&P Plus has Mississippi State favored at 20.6 to UF's 14.8. Like I said, right at that 7 mark. Uh, so, could be a toss-up. I think a lot of this, uh, Florida actually had a pretty good jump after Tennessee because they won so big there. Uh, FPI has Mississippi State as a 64% chance winner, so pretty solid. Definitely more so than the FSU one. Moneyline has uh, Mississippi State opening at a minus 300 and staying at minus 300, which means the bets are actually going back and forth right there. People are pretty happy. And the spread has dropped from a 9.27 and a half. So still more than a touchdown. And the over-unders sitting at 51 right now. I think you have to take Mississippi State. As far as taking the money line on them, I'm not sure minus 300 is necessarily worth it as a bet. Uh, but overall, I think you have to take Mississippi State here. Everything kind of sets it that way, and the spread is definitely in their favor. All right, Andrew, who you got? This really should be my fuck you, you did me wrong game of the week. <laughs> After your um, personal pick last week? Yeah, but I think Mississippi State's going to win it. I think everyone's just going to be so hyped up with Mullen coming back. The cowbells are going to be ringing loud and clear in Starkville. I think it'll be a really close game. Again, I I still don't know a lot about Florida. Their only losses to a Kentucky team that we think is pretty good. Everyone else they've played hasn't been great. So this, I think, is going to be a big challenge for them and will really kind of tell us, all right, you know, what kind of team does Mullen have and – then on the flip side, you know, is Mississippi State somewhat competitive? Are they kind of falling off in the post-Mullen years? All right. Artem, are you on the boat with the rest of us taking Mississippi State? No, I'm going to take Florida in this one. Uh, both, both teams' only loss is to Kentucky. And Florida actually put up more points and gave up less than one point, less, one point less than Mississippi State did. So 27 to 16 was... Uh, Florida's loss and Mississippi State's loss, twenty-eight to seven. So I'm going to take Florida in this one. Interesting. Just based. I'm also, I'm also uh, hoping that uh, you know the comeback to Mississippi State, they can figure out how to stop Nick Fitzgerald having coached him for a couple years. So I think they're going to try to put him in in situations where he can't throw as well. Interesting. So basing these picks purely off of how they performed against Kentucky. And the Nick Fitzgerald thing. Yep. I think they're going to try to shut him down. Okay. Interesting. All right. Next up, speaking of Kentucky, we got South Carolina going on the road to Kroger Field at Kentucky. So, obviously, Kentucky's looking to stay undefeated, especially in the SEC East and remain a competitor. 
Honestly, I haven't learned much about South Carolina other than they've lost from Georgia, but they stand a chance to make a statement in this game. Personally, I've got Kentucky. i got faith in them at home. Tommy, what information can you give us on the gambling side of things? Yeah, so S&P actually has these teams really close, 14.7 to 17.6. Uh, so either team could pull this out. ESPN feels the same way. They actually have South Carolina at a 54% chance of winning, whereas the money line feels Kentucky uh, opened at minus 114, now actually up to 125, so lots of people are betting on Kentucky. So the betters of the world are thinking Kentucky in general. Uh, the spread right now is opened at a pick which means straight up, no points either way, and now Kentucky is at a minus 1.5. So overall, I think in general, people are very cautious about picking one team or the other. I think Pickham's pretty straight up. Who are you going to pick? Flip a coin. Just as good of a guess as actually going off anything. I'm actually going to go with Kentucky, though, because the people actually putting money on the line are betting on Kentucky and thinking they're going to win it. All right. Going where the betters are going. So next up, Artem, you just based basically your whole last pick on Kentucky. Are you sticking? Are you sticking siding with Kentucky in this matchup? Yeah, I'm gonna go Kentucky at home. All right. Close. Andrew, who you got? Well, since Kentucky screwed me over last week, I'm gonna pick them this week. <laughs> and they've got a really strong running game. I think they're gonna ride Benny Snell against South Carolina and kind of be able to dictate a lot of the game there. Okay, fair enough. Not much to say. Benny, just get, give the ball to Benny Snell. All right, next up. Now, this is the one that is really intriguing to me. We got BYU going on the road to Washington. Uh, really, this doesn't have any impact on the conference, but BYU has really surprised a lot of people with their hot start out of the gate. And this is, we were talking about it earlier with Tommy, one of the more unique uh, betting situations right now just because of how heavily Washington is favored. Do you want to go ahead and get into it, Tommy? Yeah, so this one uh, is 100% basically on Washington no matter what you look. S&P has BYU sitting at a 3.1 and Washington at a 24. Massive disparity. FPI's got 93% chance of Washington winning. Washington opened at a minus 750, which was the highest uh, in Vegas, uh, or technically the lowest odds you could have had in Vegas. You got to bet 750 bucks to win 100. The spread has stayed pretty consistent at minus 17 for Washington, so heavily favored, and the over/under sitting at 46 right now. Uh, another interesting thing to look at is that the spread has basically stayed pretty static. But Washington has moved from a minus 750 to a minus 1,000, which basically means you get 10 cents on every dollar you bet if you win. So super heavy favorite, yet people are still betting on Washington, which means in general the consensus is this is a sure thing. Go ahead and take them. The spread, on the other hand, people are pretty comfortable with, I would say, in that Washington winning by more or less than 17 is uh, 
a pretty good toss-up or a pretty good breaking point of what people think uh, Washington's going to do, which means they probably take a two-score lead and then let up a little bit, maybe put in some backups, not necessarily push it so much. Uh, BYU can kind of hang in there and doesn't let themselves get completely blown out. So I'm going to go with Washington, but it is an interesting scenario to see how many people are betting on Washington with odds that are that extreme. Okay, well, Andrew, you've been making a lot of picks about teams that have screwed you over. I know BYU screwed all of us over week one. Who do you have in this matchup? I think it's I think it's Washington. I just think the talent's too much there with Jake Browning and Miles Gaskins. And again, Washington plays pretty good defense. I think Washington's going to be able to do enough to win this game. But yeah, BYU's definitely been the surprise of the season. I thought we really were concerned for Katani trying to save his job. And I think he's done a pretty good job of winning some games we didn't expect him to. Okay. Well, this is kind of a fascinating turn of events. Artem, I, I mean, I guess it's not that surprising because Washington is that heavily favored, but... I will remind you, this is basically the same mentality we had when we all picked Arizona to beat them week one. So, Artem, are you going to buck the trend, or are you sticking with Washington? Well, if you rearrange the letters in BYU's quarterback, it spells Magnum, which is a gun, or a big condom. (laughs) Yes, and? If, If you don't rearrange the letters in Browning, it's still like a gun brand. But you didn't have to rearrange the letters, so I'm going to go with Washington. <laughs> okay, that's that's certainly a reason. Yeah, all right. I am also picking Washington because I am a shill, and uh, obviously they're heavily favored. What is a shill? Washington's paying him money to pick them. Yeah. I fucking knew it. <laughs> Next why, up. Why are we, wait, we're the talent. Why are we getting a cut of this money? It's like, my money, my rules, bitch. All right. Next. God damn it, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> this is like my picks last week. I get to decide. I I rule this podcast with an iron fist. And with that money. Screw the rules. I have money. Screw the rules. I have green hair. Oh, man. I got to cut off the drugs. All right. Next up, Oregon at Cal. I'm picking Oregon. Oregon had a really was really going to win last week against Stanford before they just completely collapsed on the field. Cal has not been that impressive this year. Um, So I'm taking Oregon. Tommy, who do you have in this matchup? Along with all the gambling lines. So if we take a look at this, uh, Oregon sitting at a 10 in the S&P. Cal's at a 4.2. So Oregon's favored in that point, but ESPN FPI actually has Cal at a 54%, which I cannot understand where that number came from. Yeah, really quick, Tommy, do you know where the FPI gets these numbers from? Because the FPI seems to be the one that disagrees more often than not with all of the other values. So one thing to kind of keep in mind is that the S&P Plus that we talk about is a combined statistics. It's done on a play-by-play basis, and it's basically a computer algorithm. There's no you know, fudging in there or people's choices. The FPI is ESPN's personal 
rankings. Uh, FPI is, I guess, similar to the S&P and what it's trying to do. It's basically taking statistics and play data and trying to make a decision on who they think is going to win. Cal's FPI is actually sitting at a 6.0, and Oregon's is sitting at an 8.8. So how they were able to come by this percent chance of winning is kind of confusing to me. I, like, just don't understand it yeah i feel like there's something weird with the way espn is handling this but i mean i i'll I'll take it with kind of what you were touching on and say that it's some kind of human error in their calculations or factoring in with them fudging the numbers but anyway sorry there could also be a breakdown in there they could be looking at you know the this is an aggregated ranking that 8.8 and the 6 for them. So they could be looking at like maybe a defensive, offensive, and special teams individually, and then comparing the three of those together and coming up with a percentage. So there's a lot of different things they could be doing. In general, I don't trust the ESPN percentage when it's pretty close to 50%. If it's under 60%, I basically consider it ESPN is guessing it's a toss-up, and I wouldn't put any money based off that predictor. Interesting to note, though, the money line here uh, has moved from Oregon uh, at minus 162 to minus 135. So the people are actually betting on Cal right now. Uh, The bettors in general think Cal has a good shot. Spread sitting at three and a half. Very high spread, understandably so, sitting at 58 right now. I don't necessarily think they get there because I don't think Cal necessarily scores enough points to get there. Definitely got to go with Oregon in this one, but just very interesting in the the conflicting stats and predictors here. Okay, yeah, I, I'm still trying to figure that FPI thing out, and I guess Andrew is too. Artem, off of the FPI topic, who do you got in the Oregon Cal matchup? I got Oregon. I think uh, they're going to watch the the Stanford game and see how well they did in the first three quarters of that game, and uh, they're going to hope to hold that for whole four quarters against Cal. I also think Cal is in a slow rebuilding mode, so I think Oregon takes this one. Gotcha. Andrew, you also take an Oregon. Yeah, I think I think the Ducks win it, and again, I, I will never understand FPI. This is another example of the FPI and the spread not matching. All right. Well, let's see if they match on this one. Next up, we got Ole Miss at LSU, despite me writing it down as Ole Miss at Cal. So, obviously, Ole Miss is probably not looking forward to a road game against LSU. I don't think anybody ever does. LSU's looking to stay dominant. They kind of struggled with LA Tech, Louisiana Tech, which is a weird thing to say uh, in any matchup. But we kind of all expect them to get back on track here. I'm taking LSU. I still think they go undefeated on the season. Tommy, what are the betting lines looking like? Yeah, so this one, everything lines up for LSU. Uh, they're a seven-point favorite in the S&P, 77% chance of winning in the FPI, and they're sitting at a minus 450 right now. They did open at minus 500, uh, which means that some people have been putting money on Ole Miss to win this. Uh, some of that just has to do with the fact that, hey, you know, I put 10 bucks down and I'm going to get 
35 back, I think, at one point for Ole Miss. So just a, a, a high reward for a lower risk there. Spread is actually moved from a two score to one score. It's sitting at uh, our from two full touchdowns to uh, less than that at 11.5 right now in LSU's favor. And the over-under sitting right around 59, so they think there's going to be a lot of scoring, which is pretty typical of an old Miss game, but pretty atypical for an LSU game. So very interesting there that they think there's going to be a lot of points, but in general they think LSU is going to win. Uh, just doesn't sound right to me. So I would take the under if I was a betting man on uh, over-under on point totals here, and I would still take LSU to win this one. Yeah, a lot of points scored in Ole Miss games. I remember that Ole Miss-Alabama game. There were a lot of points in that game. Uh, Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? It's LSU, and I really, really want another Coach O Tiger Tiger Burning Bright Poetry Podcast. <laughs> I'm dare to dream. I'm I'm hoping that's really the only reason you want them to keep winning is you want those like, poetry podcasts. Every morning when I get out of the shower, I stare in the mirror and recite his Auburn haiku to get myself pumped up to go to work. <laughs> All right, well, Artem, I know you're not as excited about the Tigers. You've kind of been dumping on them all season. Is this another game? Are you expecting LSU to win this one, or are you thinking Ole Miss can pull it out? Uh, I think LSU is going to take this one pretty handily. However, there is a big chance that uh, Ole Miss could come back and kind of set another tone for the rest of the season. They were putting up – 76, 47, 76, uh, 38. They started the season by beating a Texas Tech team that a lot of people think has a lot of firepower now. So they definitely have the have it within them to beat a team like LSU. Um, I don't think they're as good as everyone thinks they're, they are. I don't think they're number five. Um, and their 31-0 matchup against an SCS team and last week's 38-21 to against Louisiana Tech kind of speaks for that. However, they have beaten Auburn and Miami, which were the number seven and eighteen. Um, so they should get credit for those wins. But I think LSU is going to win. I do think there's a chance for an upset here. And uh, if LSU was to overlook that or, or uh, Ole Miss takes advantage of a couple uh, momentum swings, I think they could take it and run with it. Uh, LSU is definitely not built to come from behind. If they get fall back uh, one or, or two to three touchdowns, which is possible against a high-powered team like Ole Miss. Um, but Ole Miss is giving up 190 yards on the ground on average. So uh, if LSU controls the score, controls the the clock on this one, I think they can win easily. Okay, fair enough. All right, next up we got Stanford going on the road to Notre Dame. So another stadium that people do not like going on the road to. Stanford obviously needed one of the craziest comebacks I've ever seen against Oregon last week to end up winning. But that said, they did win. As Tommy touched on in our earlier podcast, Stanford has really struggled to get Bryce Love going, and a good defense like Notre Dame can take advantage of that by going man on the outside with the wide receivers and stacking the box. I expect to see Notre Dame do that in this matchup and end up winning. I just don't think Stanford's going to be able to match up properly. Tommy, I'm going to turn it over to you. I know you've got bias towards Stanford, and you've got our betting information, so why don't you hit us with it? Uh, yeah, so 
Uh, S&P has Stanford at 15, Notre Dame at 20. FPI's got Notre Dame at a 67% uh, chance of winning. Moneyline opened at minus 200 for Notre Dame and has actually jumped to minus 230. So a bunch of people there are betting on Notre Dame. Uh, spread has gone from minus 3.5 to minus 5.5 to Notre Dame. And the over-under has jumped from 50 to 54. All of those things say that the experts were expecting this to be a pretty close uh, game, especially opening at a three-and-a-half point. But all the betters are thinking that Notre Dame is going to win it. Uh, extra kind of key stat to look at here, uh, Stanford's won the past three straight uh, but Notre Dame has had a lead in every single one of those games in the second half, I believe. So these games are always tight. Stanford always finds a way to pull it out. I'm actually going to go with Stanford here. I think there's a lot of hype for Notre Dame right now that I don't think is necessarily warranted. I think Stanford's figured out a little bit more about what they're doing. I know they've struggled and haven't necessarily dominated like people think, but I think a lot of that is, like I said, on the week four recap, that they're just being forced to play outside of their comfort zone, and I think that it's actually going to help them as the season being able to be a little bit more dynamic and balanced and really make teams play for selling out uh, against one particular uh, formation. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the biggest concern going into the matchup is seeing if they can, seeing defenses really sell out against that. All right, well, we've got our first, one of our first actual splits, so we've only had that in a couple other ones. Artem, who do you have in this matchup, Stanford or Notre Dame? I think Tommy was right. Uh, With Ian Book being the new quarterback for Notre Dame and their running back coming back this week, Williams, he was hurt. There's definitely a lot of hype, especially since they went from putting up about 24, 23 points a week to putting up 56 on Wake Forest with a new QB. Uh, There's definitely a lot of momentum rolling with them, but, you know, so far Stanford's shown us they can find ways to win. So I'm not going to bet against them this time. I'm going with Stanford. All right. So most of our cast is away from the betting. Uh, Andrew, are you going to stick with Stanford as well? So Notre Dame beat Wake Forest so bad that Wake Forest fired their defensive coordinator. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, apparently it was somewhat a long time coming. Like Clawson called him out, I think the week before after the Boston College game, and obviously they didn't get any better against Notre Dame. Ian Book came in at quarterback, threw for 300 yards, ran for 40, and scored five touchdowns. Kind of revitalized that offense a little bit, fitting into what they're trying to do. But – I've stuck with Stanford. This is the first year we're this far into the season, and Stanford hasn't let me down yet. Normally they do it fairly early in the season. So I'm going to stick with the Cardinal, mainly because J.J. Arcega-Whiteside has been at Stanford since at least 1994. And so I think Stanford's going to be close because I think they're two really evenly matched teams. But I do think Tommy kind of hit on it. Stanford's getting a little more comfortable doing – you know, not just giving the ball to Bryce Love every play, and I think that's going to help them build and win this game. Okay, wow. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that everybody's taking Stanford. Man, I feel I am so lonely right now. All right, 
Well, with that with that in mind, next up we got uh, Virginia Tech at Duke, another team that I don't think people have a lot of faith in. Virginia Tech stumbled against ODU last week, Old Dominion, and Duke is currently undefeated, which uh, I don't think they're getting the credit they deserve because of the name on the front of their jersey, but they've looked really good so far despite the injuries. So this will be a big defining moment in the Coastal, depending on who wins this matchup. Personally, I'm picking Duke. I just got to go with my gut sometimes. Tommy, what do you got on this matchup? Uh, SMP has Duke favored 12.5 to 6. FPI has Duke at a 68%. Moneyline has Duke sitting at minus 210, but that actually has dropped, so people are betting on VT. Uh, Spread has increased for Duke from 3 to 5, minus 3 to minus 5, so people there... Uh, are betting on Duke, so interesting in the money line they're taking Virginia Tech and the spread people are putting more money on Duke and the over-under sitting right now at 51, 50 and a half depending on who you're looking at. Uh, overall, I think I'm going to go with Virginia Tech here. I think last week's ODU loss was a wake-up call. Got a lot of talent over there, a uh, lot of youth, so a stumbling block was due for them. I don't think they let it get them down. It's Bud Foster, after all, he's been there, seen everything, gets these people turned around, and I think they end up winning. It is kind of a fascinating split. Even the betters are a little split on how to handle this one, where it seems like a lot of people are favoring VT in the game, but still think that Duke is going to perform well. Andrew, who do you got in this matchup? I know you're not huge on Duke at the moment, but... uh, Virginia Tech, obviously, after the stumble last week. It's kind of a confusing place for a lot of people. Who do you got? It is. my. I think if this game, if both starting quarterbacks were healthy and playing in this game, I would have a lot more faith in Duke. Virginia Tech really struggled defending the pass against Old Dominion. But with Duke playing with Quentin Harris, their backup quarterback, you're not sure how much they're really going to open up the offense to see what he can do. I think if Daniel Jones was starting, I'd have a lot more faith. Also, though, on the flip side, you know, Josh Jackson at Virginia Tech's out indefinitely with a broken fibula, of all things. So they're going to be starting Kansas transfer Ryan Willis at quarterback, who came into the ODU game and, you know, performed admirably. I don't think their offense lost him that game. Duke's really good defensively. Virginia Tech's usually really good defensively. They struggled defending the pass against Old Dominion. But to be fair, I don't think Duke's a team that really comes out and wants to sling the ball all over the field like Old Dominion does. I think this will be a relatively low-scoring game. Neither offense is really, you know, get me going very much. I think Virginia Tech will win it, but I think it's going to be – I think the under at 49-and-a-half, I would definitely take the under. I see this being, again, like a 10-to, like a you know, 17-to-10, 17-to-14 type game. Gotcha. So definitely take the under. Okay, Artem, who do you got in this matchup? I got Virginia Tech in this one. Andrew kind of hit on a lot of the points. You know, uh, neither back quarterback is really good. Uh, Quentin Harris went 12 for 30 against a Baylor team. It's a Big 12 team, so whenever your completion percentage is 40% against a Big 12 team, I get kind of concerned. So I'm going to go with Ryan Willis and Virginia Tech on this one over Duke. Okay, right on to the next one. The big matchup of the week, Ohio State going on the road to Penn State. So this is obviously going to be the first big matchup for Ohio State. 
Penn State has had some scary games where they always seem to pull away in the fourth quarter. This is going to be a whiteout game at home, always a very intense atmosphere. I'm taking Penn State, and again, sometimes you just got to go with your gut. Uh, Not a huge fan of Ohio State. I hope they lose by like 30. Don't think that'll happen. Should be a fun matchup, but I'm taking Penn State. Tommy, what's the betting pool looking like? Yeah, so once again, the FPI has Penn State at 54, and every other metric has Ohio State favored. S&P, Ohio State, 30 to 24, really 25. Moneyline has Ohio State sitting at about minus 170, and the threads about or the spreads about three and a half points for Ohio State. So in here, Ohio State's favored and everything, but the FPI in general, when there's a confliction like that, uh, I typically like to bet against. Uh, the FPI, and I'm going to go with Ohio State here. All right, Artem, you going with Ohio State? I really hate James Franklin, but I really hope he beats Ohio State, and I think they have the horsepower here. Uh, Ohio State kind of struggled against a TCU team, and Although TCU is known for putting up a lot of points, I think they do a lot of them with momentum swings based on how well their defense plays. So the fact that they kind of hung around with the TCU team, that was kind of concerning to me. So I'm going to go with Penn State on this one. Um, At home, wide out. Uh, And I think we see Trace McSorley have his best game of the season. All right. Andrew, you're you're the deciding vote. Who you got in this matchup, Ohio State or Penn State? Uh, I've got the Buckeyes. I really like what I've seen out of Dwayne Haskins. Now, they really haven't been challenged outside of the TCU game, but I think he's a guy that's really slotted well into that offense and is really able to take the talents he has and, and help them hum. I, I really love J.K. Dobbins, uh, the running back at Ohio State. I've been a big fan since his freshman year last year. And I just think Ohio State's got – too many horses on offense Penn State's good they've played well but I think Ohio State is this is one of those kind of like Urban's early year first year whatever year won the national title at Ohio State I think this is one of those Ohio State teams that has taken that step to being better than we usually expect them to be you know we expect them to be a one loss two loss good team but I think it's Ohio State team is is a team that's really good and especially now they're going to miss Nick Bosa, the defensive end. I think that's going to hurt a little bit. But I think this is an Ohio State team who really, from what I've seen so far, may be the biggest challenger for Alabama this year. It also helps. They got Urban Meyer back. So, you know, that definitely plays a factor going down the line with some of these big matchups in the Big Ten coming along. It will definitely tell us a lot about the Big Ten. All right, next up. Before we move into our personal picks, I want to touch on our – Tommy, what are we calling this? Spread of the week? Yeah, this is the largest spread of the week. Okay, the big spread, the thick spread, the mayo spread. All right. So the biggest spread of the week, we got Tennessee going on the road to Georgia. It's a Georgia is a 32.5-point favorite. So I do want to remind everybody, I we had this about Army last week, and all of you picked wrong. Probably should have more faith in me. But uh, I'm picking Georgia. I think they're going to go over. I'm not a huge fan of it, but I think that's just what's going to happen. All right. Andrew, who do you got? Uh, so it's 31 and a half? 32 and a half. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo-hoo. Uh, man. 
I think Georgia wins the game. I think that Georgia wins the game really easily. I don't think they're challenged much. I don't think Tennessee is very good. I think Georgia is very good. But that's such a big spread. I don't think I don't think Georgia covers. I think it's a blowout, but I think it's a twenty-something point blowout, not not a thirty-something point blowout. Okay, Artem. I think they cover. I think Georgia's got this one heavily. Yeah, I mean, it's Tennessee, guys. Uh, Tommy. Yeah, so interesting thing is the spreads actually may remain pretty consistent. Georgia opened as a 33-point favorite, and now they're 31-and-a-half, which is not much movement for such a big spread. So the betters are pretty confident in that. Uh, I think with it dropping, people are just intimidated by the number. I'm going to think that Georgia covers. Okay. So Also, other interesting fact is that Tennessee is now plus 5,000 on the money line. They opened at plus 8,000, which means 8 to 1 payout if they end up winning. If you got it at the beginning, Jesus. Pretty sweet for a college football game. I mean, if you actually think Tennessee's going to win that game, but hey, you know, don't let me stop you from betting all your money. Uh, all right, next up, we got our personal picks on the week. So I am once again doing the lightning round list. So I'm going to let everybody else get theirs out of the way first and see what I got left. Tommy, we'll start with you. Who's your personal pick on the week? Ooh, Pac-12 after dark. Uh, so if there's actually two of them that start at the same time. We already talked about the uh, Cal game, Oregon Cal. The other one is USC at Arizona. So neither of these teams are necessarily off to a great start. Uh, USC's loss to Stanford obviously was pretty bad to them. Um, ESPN has USC favored at a 62%. Vegas has them at a minus 165, and they're sitting at about a three and a half point favorite right there. Uh, definitely going to go with the Trojans on this one, uh, even on the road. I, I just think Arizona's kind of in a hot mess season right now while they're trying to rebuild. Okay. Get, sticking with the Trojans. They've been kind to you so far, unlike the rest of us. All right. Artem. Who's your personal pick? I don't know how you knew when you said that, but I do have only one personal pick this week. Is that right? Well, you're, it's killing you. It's killing your odds making all these personal picks, especially UTSA. Especially uh, the Bobcats seem to keep biting you in the ass. Yep, not deciding that this week. Got only one. And I'm picking Syracuse over Clemson. Ooh. That's a, that's a really bold pick. It, what's your logic? Uh, they beat him last year. That's, that's a good start. Uh, you got Eric Dungy back. Uh, he's been hurt a little bit, but he's also not just throwing well. Uh, he's also their leading rusher, and um, when Clemson played A&M, um, they kind of exposed themselves to a running quarterback, and I think Eric Dungy, went, he won't be able to throw the ball. He'll be able to... Uh, take it, take the first downs with his feet, get some touchdowns. Um, I think it'll be a really close game, but I think they'll upset them. In part of the, the third part of it, I would say is the fact that Clemson's. I, I think there's a lot of controversy along, around Clemson right now, and their little quarterback decision where they picked Trevor Lawrence uh, as a starter, and now Kelly Bryant, who's kind of kept the team together, 
after Deshaun Watson left is uh, considering transferring, if not transferring for sure. So I think there's a little bit of weirdness around the team. Um, they obviously got beat by them last year. And I don't know. I have a feeling. Okay, fair enough. I mean, stranger things have happened. All right, Andrew, do you just have one personal pick this week, or are you going to hit yeah, me with Yeah, I just, I just do one. I'm too lazy to find more than one. Mine is the 12-20 ACC Regional Channel kickoff, which means I think up here in North Carolina we get it on WRAL, the NBC affiliate, is the Virginia Cavaliers traveling to Carter-Finley Stadium to play the NC State Wolfpack. Wolfpack are... You know, they, they really haven't played anybody. Their only game against a decent team was postponed, so we don't really know a lot about them. Virginia came out and beat a Louisville team significantly more than I expected them to. Thanks, Virginia. I picked you. You're my boys. And I think this game will really be where we see which of these teams are for real. Does NC State come in and take care of business like they're expected to? Have they kind of shaken the mantle of NC State shit a little bit and set themselves up for a good season? Or is Virginia for real? Is Bryce Perkins the answer? Is this finally Bronco Mendenhall's team that he's been looking for to be able to run the offense he had so much success with at BYU? It's a five-and-a-half point spread. And because they didn't let me down last week and because NC State shit is real as real can be, I think Virginia goes in and wins a close game. Wow. Bold prediction. You're always going to favor Virginia, though, is what it feels like. I mean, it's a really – I love Charlottesville. It's a really good school. They have an absolutely deliciously fantastic Afghan restaurant. If you're ever in Charlottesville, hit up Afghan Kebab. That place is amazing. Don't None let the of those that, reasons have anything to do with football. Don't <laughs> – most of my reasons don't. I mean, I was I picked against USC because fuck them. <laughs> but, no, I think, I think Perkins and that offense being able to run what – Mendenhall ran at BYU and had a lot of success where they're going to set them up for a much more successful season than we really expected them to have coming into the year. I, I will point out that Andrew, the guy who never picks based on actual football stats, does have the highest pick percentage out of any of us. He's... And I do have a absolute love for traditional Afghan cuisine. <laughs> Again, nothing to do with football. All right. Oh, but man, is it tasty. <laughs> Okay, fair enough. So, I've practiced this a few times. I'm guaranteeing I'm going to screw it up, but I've got a long list, so let's see how quickly I can knock this out. All right, three, two, one. So, I got Purdue over Nebraska. I think no way Nebraska wins. They're just too terrible. Purdue's gotten their feet underneath them. I got Washington State over Utah. I think Washington State really showed them what they can do against USC at home last week. I don't think Utah's as good of a team. I think Washington State takes it. Old Dominion over ECU. I think Old Dominion is not an upset game in this situation. I think Old Dominion takes it pretty easy against a terrible ECU team. UCLA over Colorado. I think UCLA will finally get their first win against a against a tough but not that tough Colorado team. Uh, Texas at Kansas State. I'm taking Kansas State. I think this will be a bit back game after a rough loss to West Virginia. And I think Texas still isn't that good. They're not back. Bowling Green at Georgia Tech. I'm taking Georgia Tech because, God, I need this game. Um, Indiana at Rutgers. I'm taking Indiana because why would you take Rutgers? UMass at Ohio. I'm going Bobcats. Pitt at UCF. I'm taking Pitt because Pitt has bucked every trend that you've expected them to have. 
Whenever they were expecting to win, they lose. Whenever you expect them to lose, they win. So they're definitely going to beat UCF in this case. Oklahoma State at Kansas. I'm taking Oklahoma State. I'm going to bounce back after a rough loss last week. Army at Buffalo. I'm taking Buffalo. Nevada at Air Force. I'm taking Nevada because I'm an idiot. Michigan at Northwestern. I am taking Michigan because North. they should beat Northwestern handily. NIU at Eastern Michigan. I'm taking Eastern Michigan in a tough matchup that might decide the MAC. NIU usually a better team, but not this year. Temple at Boston College. I'm taking Boston College. Liberty at UNM. I'm taking Liberty to win this matchup. UTS at UTEP. I'm going to take a UTSA. Uh, Iowa State at TCU. Taking Iowa State because TCU has really fallen flat on their face the past couple of games. Uh, I'm taking Cincia UConn. And finally, in the Tennessee at Georgia game, I can't pick Georgia. And I'm loath to pick Tennessee, so I'm taking the Chicago Cubs in that matchup. And that's everybody. Whew. Okay. Sorry. Good. Did you pick the Army Buffalo game? I did. Who picked Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, they are, they are, they are 59.8% favorite to win per FPI. Who, Army or Buffalo? Buffalo. Well, how are they not? They're favored and they should be favored in all aspects, in my opinion. I mean, the rest of their aspects don't show up. All I've got is the team rankings and the number fire, which I don't know what either of those mean. Yeah, but Buffalo's undefeated. Army, despite being a very good team, I just don't think they've got anything on Buffalo's coach. And yeah. I mean a great showing last week, but Buffalo at home should be able to take yeah. against Army's uh, defense. Low, low key, I would love to be able to watch that game. It's on CBS Sportsnet. <laughs> yeah, CBS Sportsnet is screwing you over on some very good games. That's what it feels like. I mean, I don't want to pay that much more money for like two channels that I only really care about during football season. Mm, gotcha. Surprise. You know, I got Col- Tommy got upset that I picked UCLA to beat Colorado, but nobody got upset that I picked Pitt to beat UCF. What's up with that? I think you kind of hit the idea of no one really knows anything about Pitt. <laughs> and to be fair, do we really know anything about UCF this year? Have they beaten anybody of, you know, their game against North Carolina was postponed, which was probably a good thing for North Carolina. Well, see, that's... <laughs> so- that's- I don't know. Last year they had some trouble beating FAU. Um, those were two high-scoring, really close games, and they blew them out of the water this season. Yeah, I mean they've kind of blown everyone else out that they played. So you kind of go, okay. But again, like we don't we don't know a damn thing about Pitt. So I'm also I'm also very appreciative. I'm also very appreciative that no one questioned the Chicago Cubs winning the Tennessee at Georgia game. You know, know, I've got more money, in my opinion, on the Boston Red Sox winning that game than the Chicago Cubs, but I can see why you would go with the Cubs. I mean, best team in the NL, although I will say they haven't won 100 games. So, yeah, i got to say Red Sox. I mean, my other other guess would be maybe like the Nashville Predators. I think they've got a shot. They put a put together a really good season last year, making the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, but the NHL is a week away from starting, so it hasn't officially happened yet. Yeah, so it means that they're all ready to play. They're all rested. They've had a lot of time to get back in shape, be ready to go. <laughs> okay. I mean, my other pick is LeBron James by himself winning that game. I think not, Le- the, not the Lakers, just LeBron James. Just LeBron James. No, I, I would believe it too. All right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us, guys. Uh, thank you, as always, to our listeners for dealing with our crazy bullshit. Uh, if you have any questions, shoot us an email at tmlpodcast at gmail.com and check us out on Twitter at tmlpodcast. Until next time, y'all have a good rest of your week. Bye, everybody. <laughs>